This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Hello, citizens. Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. This is a show where we talk about some supermen. And superwomen. What are we talking about today? UB2 decided that he was going to bless us with another week of Chris Evans. Bless? Curse bless? us with another. How does how I, does the damn computer know? I don't know. UB2 gives us a number. We correlate that number to a list of just movies. Yeah. And this is creepy. And on most occasions now, at least half, it's been a movie starring the person we yeah, just talked about. We did Deadpool and then it picked Green Lantern. Right. And now it, we just did Captain America, the first Avenger, and it picked Push. Which we forgot to mention in our episode earlier on. We were talking about Chris Evans' movie. It was taunting us. It was like, you it forgot knew. one. It knew. It's creepy. I don't like it. Not a fan. But rules on is with, rules. On with the show. What's Push even about? Who directed this thing? Paul McGeegan? Paul McGeegan. Paul, Paul oh. McGeegan? I don't remember what I called him last week, but it's Paul McGeegan. Tubes McGoobin. Tubes McGoobin. That's not him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is a movie about psychic stuff. Yeah. And I... The part that's really killing me is that I see that 23% on Rotten Tomatoes staring Ooh. in the face. Oh, that's low. <laughs> Let me give you just a quick synopsis. Is it on the thing. 64? No. 69? Is no. it 69. Oh, it should be 70 now because Endgame just came out. Ah, it takes like a week. Oh, okay. It's fine. Synopsis of this bad boy is, after his father, an assassin is brutally murdered, Nick Gant, Chris Evans, vows revenge on Division, the covert government agency that dabbles in psychic warfare and experimental drugs. Hiding in Hong Kong's underworld, Nick assembles a band of rogue psychics dedicated to destroying Division. Together with Cassie, Dakota Fanning, the teenage clairvoyant. Nick goes in search of a missing, missing girl. Missing girl in a stolen suitcase. That could be key to accomplishing their mutual goal. <sighs> uh, some crazy shit about this thing is this was a world builder of a movie because... There's a billion different there types of things. There were nine different kinds of psychics You got in this watchers, movie. you got movers, pushers, bleeders, sniffs, shifters, wipers, shadows, stitches. It's too much, man. You can't build that much of a universe in one movie. I don't think I like UB2 anymore. I'm inclined to agree. I got a bat here. I like where your head's at. Want to take UB2 on outside? I think we should I take UB2 it, outside. I think this could be a full mutiny. A mutiny on a UB2. Yes. Yes. A f we mount a full resistance, a rebellion. Right. Against UB2. We're going to take UB2 outside, and we're going to beat the shit out of it, and then we're going to restart this bad boy with something that we want to talk about. Yes. UB2, go to hell. Back up in your ass with the resurrection. Is the group harder than an erection that shows no affection? They want to ban us on Capitol Hill, because it's die, motherfuckers, die, motherfuckers. Can we do this? I mean, we can do this, right? Right. Scott? Scott! Hello, citizens! 
Welcome back to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm still Dave Michaels. I'm still Brian Betts. We're still the Cape Podcasters. Yeah. UB2 is somewhere just burning. Just outside, destroyed. Good riddance. Fuck UB2, man. Oh, I think Dave's Roller Coaster Tycoon game was still in there. We'll Venmo him the 10 bucks. Okay. Or whatever it is. Now, what does that even go for now? I think it's free. That's fair. I, I think they pay you to play that game. They still. should. They should. Brian, what are we actually talking about this week? Well, with the death of UB2 on our hands, I think it's an opportunity to break from format a little bit and talk about something that we normally wouldn't. Right? This is a mostly superhero podcast. Yeah. We've talked about comics occasionally as well. Yeah, we've, we've dabbled outside of the super genre. This one, also a comic. But one that we love. We're going to be talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I love this movie so much. Me too. When we talked about it last oh. week, we were talking about Chris Evans. We both said Scott Pilgrim. I lit up and going, man, how cool would that be if we could talk about it? So we're kind of honoring UB2 a little bit with the Chris Evans. Yeah. But mostly not because he's barely in this movie and that's okay. That's fine. You know, I, I watched Push. Yeah. Because I didn't know we were going to be, you know, old yellering UB2. We had to. I got to say, it's kind of like a Lucas Lee film. That's what it reads as. Feels a lot like a Lucas Lee movie. Why do you think that? Because it wasn't very good. You have the titles of other Lucas Lee films. Other Lucas Lee movies include You Just Don't Exist, <laughs> Action Doctor, Thrilled to Be Here, The Game is Over 2, and Let's Hope There's a Heaven. That's an odd list. I like it a lot. Yeah, they're all... Uh... Action Doctor. Action Doctor. I'd be so curious about that one. They're all B-action movies. Yeah. Fair. You can tell by the title. Absolutely. And that's what Push was. Fair enough. There was a scene where Dakota Fanning acted drunk, and that was fun. But other than that, okay, movie was ridiculous. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Directed by Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Coming off such bangers as Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. He did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World after that. He went on to do The World's End and Baby Driver after... This, and he also did Spaced. I love Spaced. I've never seen Spaced. It's pretty great. Okay. Nick Frost, Simon Pegg. Doing oh, their, really? Doing their thing before doing their thing. Okay. So, it's great. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. Never thought we'd talk about him on a superhero podcast. He's our leading man. <laughs> oh boy, is he. That's really all I can say about Michael Sarah. Yeah. I guess Edgar Wright had planned on casting him while he was writing Hot Fuzz. Yeah. And watching episodes of Rest of Development. Makes sense. He was like, oh, I need an actor that's, uh, I need an actor that audiences will still follow, even when the character's a bit of an ass. It works really well. Very well. Surprisingly Yeah, well. and I know that they wanted Michael Sarah again, years before with the rest of the film, but they thought he was too young. Yeah. And then by the time this thing finally got out of development hell, perfect age, Thanks. cast him. Awesome. He's great in this movie. He's so good. Like, I it, think he might be, yeah. he might be an underrated actor. I'm not going to go that far. No? I think he's, no, nah, I think this is just the perfect note for him. Probably. He seems to stick with this note quite often after this. That's fair. Yeah. Especially with, like, this is the end. Yeah. Uh, that movie's underrated. That movie yeah, kicks ass. He goes a bit to the extreme in that one, but Had yeah. Had to. Had to. Of course. I. You know what? I just... There's so much we could talk about with this movie. I, I really should just get into it with this one. Let's just get this into it. awesome. Let's start with the opening credits. The 8-bit? The Universal logo. How cool is that? How Edgar so had a fight for that. Cool. He, wa- he had a vision in his head, and he wanted to pull off that vision. He absolutely did. But it's not just his vision. It was also Brian Lee O'Malley's vision who wrote the comics. Yes. Edgar Wright went panel for panel on this thing. This is such an incredible adaptation. As far as he could. 
Yeah. Because only the first book was written when the movie got right. picked up. Right. And but, he yep. hadn't written the sixth book when the movie came out. So That's amazing, though. Yeah. It's like I read the first, well, a good chunk of the first book before we're recording this just to see how it was. The dialogue's all there. Oh, it's the, a phenomenal the book. panels, the shots are all there. Yeah. How on earth does this movie work so well going panel for panel, word for word, when Watchmen did the same thing and didn't? Well, it's easy. You have Edgar Wright instead of Zack Snyder. That's fair. That's very <laughs> fair. The quick cutting Edgar Wright versus the also the tone is supers. totally different. Completely agree. The tone of this is fun as hell. It's oh, it's amazing. I love it. It's that awesome combination of video game and comic book, and it's just I like it. And quirk. And, oh, a lot of quirk. There's a whole lot of quirk in it. Pretty heavy on the quirk. You you could call it a quirky movie. Totally could. Starts out. Not so long ago, in the mysterious land of Toronto, Canada. Do you recognize that voice? I did. It was it was Bill Hader? Bill Hader. I Weird. did not know that until I saw it this time. Yeah. That took me a second. Yeah. I wrote it down and then forgot about it, because that doesn't happen often. Nope. But you know who it's not? Who? Tubes Magoobs. It Well, <laughs> different movie. Yeah. Very different movie. Yeah. I like how we get introduced to our main set of characters here, mm-hmm. even though the cast in this thing is... Huge, and everyone Enormous. is working in it. Yeah. Everyone has yeah. something to do. Scott's sitting around talking to his band, Sex Babam. Sex Babam. Cool name. Kim Pine, played by Allison Pill, and Stephen Stills, played by Mark Weber. Yeah, don't forget about Young Neil. Oh, yeah, Stephen's roommate, Young Neil, played yeah. by Johnny Simmons. Yeah. And they're talking about how Scott now is a high school girlfriend. Yep, Scott's dating a high schooler. He's 22 years old, dating mm. a high schooler. Mm. Not good. A lot yep. of train spotting references in the comic. Not here. Nope. <laughs> but still, that's okay. His girlfriend's name is Knives. Knives Chow. How cool a name is that? She's Chinese. They remind you of that often. <laughs> Not even like in it's a an bad awesome way. Name. They just, they no, just they throw just, it out there. Yeah. It works. Steven Stills, the talent, as they call him. The He's talent. the lead man of this this band. Kind of wants Knives to geek out over him a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a weird is, character. Is she going to geek out? Please, I want her to geek out. Yep. She geeks. She geek out. She has the capacity to geek. (laughs) She geeks. She absolutely does. She starts losing her mind as they start playing, and as she should, because the music in this movie kicks all the asses. It's phenomenal. Oh, man. It's like that that dirty rock style that's almost kind of grungy, but not. It's very grunge. Yeah. Ah, I love it. And uh, all the Sex Bob-omb songs, you have Beck to thank for that. Do you really? Yep. All right. Beck wrote and composed the music played by Sex Babam. I like it a lot. And the actors are doing it, right? Yes. I was going to say, um, the actor who played Stephen Stills, Mark Weber, he learned guitar, from what I understand. Allison Pill learned drums. Yeah. And then Michael Sarah had to dumb down his bass playing because he's he too was, good of a bass player. too good of a bass player. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. Who knew? It works. I guess uh, on the, in the score, Brian LeBarton plays the drums and the bass for the band. And Brian LeBarton is the keyboardist for Beck. Whatever works. So you have the keyboardist from Beck doing the bass and the drums. Yeah. Sure. Did anyone play the washboard? I think everybody got to take a turn with Not, the washboard. It wasn't just Bender? No. No, Bender wasn't even invited. Not yet. He's, he played, he, oh, he plays with Beck in the year 3000. Right. That's right. I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry. After this rehearsal, they're trying to talk about Scott's girlfriend, Knives, and how everyone loves her. Kim doesn't love her. No. Says, Kim... yeah, Scott, if your life had a face, I'd punch it. What? Allison Pill's amazing. She's great. She really is. So Scott walks home with knives, doesn't let her into his place. Yeah. Says no girls allowed. But he can show her where he grew up. It's right across the street. <laughs> it's right across. They just turn around. And he says, okay, bye. <laughs> he walks two steps and goes, that's it. And then he leaves. Did they say why he doesn't live there anymore? No. I know they do in the comic. They do. 
because his parents just sold it. Right. That's it. That's Simple the whole as thing. that. We have yeah. parents. That's all I want to point out. He does have parents. But in the film, we don't know but that. But in the film... We don't know anything. They don't even dabble in the, Nothing. the parental region. Nothing at all. Scott's got a roommate, Wallace. Cool gay roommate. Cool gay roommate, Wallace. Wallace Kieran Wells. Culkin. Yeah. Kieran Culkin. The other Culkin. He's weird in this movie. He's very weird. He does a good job. He does. He's and, believable. And I don't... He, I actually... I'm in a weird spot with him in this movie in general because I don't know if he's the best or the worst. He's somewhere in between. I don't know if he is. I think he falls on he's one, one or the other. Yeah. 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 Because the dialogue he has is just nuts. Oh, he, oh it's bonkers. It's like all over the place. But I but. just, yeah. I mean, he owns it. Is he the best or the worst? That's a good question. We'll try to figure it out. Scott tells him that he's dating a high schooler. Twitch says, hey, don't go tell on anyone. Naturally, his sister as calls. We learn his sister calls on the spot. Wallace had <laughs> texted him right then and there, as he does. Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. This is a who's who? Yeah, everybody's in this movie, or everybody in this movie is still around anyway. Yeah, except, yeah, except for Johnny Simmons. Oh, I'm sure he's young. Neil make appearance someday, somewhere, someday, somewhere, maybe. All right, maybe he'd be a good Johnny Storm. I do not think so. <laughs> no. I do not think no. that's the case at all. Who knows what's happened in the last nine years? Right. <laughs> What's up with the interaction after this at the schoolyard? How Wallace walks with Scott to the schoolyard to meet Knives? I don't know. And then... Bizarre. Instantly tells him to go leave after Knives comes out. I don't I like that Knives is like, do you want to know who the gay boys are? I? <laughs> I like how he asks, Does, do they wear glasses? It's like, what is that about? <laughs> what a weird character. Uh, do you want to know who's gay in my class? Does he wear glasses? And then he tells her that she's too good for Scott. Yeah. And then he just leaves. You're too good for him, and walks away. Makes sense of that. I, I really uh, can't. I'm. I think everybody's kind of like, uh, Scott, what are you doing? And I Wallace is the fair. only Wallace is the only one who'd be like, hey, I don't know about that. There's a lot of strange dynamics in this movie. There's a lot, but Wallace seems yeah. to be when at least when it comes to this relationship, a voice of reason. I was gonna say like a guiding light. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I like how uh, Knives and Scott go play DDR. It's a very cool looking scene. Yeah, it's it's like DDR, but yeah. it's like a ninja game. Yeah. How cool is that, though? When they're doing it like simultaneously oh, yeah. and stuff, and the, both the actors are actually doing it, it looks it's impressive. awesome. It's very well choreographed. I love it. Did you believe Ellen Wong playing down to 17? I did. Did you really? I, I did. had big issues doing it. She's like 25 yeah, when she she's, filmed this thing. Uh, was she, three years older than Michael Sarah? Something like that. But, I mean, yeah, she looks young, but I don't. I feel like she doesn't play down to that age because she feels too mature. I didn't think so at all. No? No. I mean, she fangirls out. All she over felt the like a high schooler to me. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad someone got that. Then. I mean, it's better than like Tony it... McGuire playing a high schooler. That's fair. That's I don't know fair. how we keep ending up back at Spider-Man, but. <laughs> I think I know why we keep ending up back at Spider-Man, especially in this one. Director of photography for this movie is Bill Pope. Okay. This film looks unlike anything we've talked about so far because the style and the tone. Yeah. We know it's getting at least a one. For sure. It has to. For, for sure. This. this has... The most unique style, the most unique tone out of most movies in general. Yeah. It's through yeah. the roof. Bill Pope, very responsible for that. He's done such movies. He's dabbled in the superhero world quite a bit. Okay. He's done Dark Man. Okay. <laughs> Army of Darkness. Oh. Did Blank Check. Hmm. That's kind of a superhero movie, right? It's not. Not at all. It's not at all. No. He also did Clueless, so he okay. touches a weird amount of things. Yeah. He did The Matrix. Oh. He did The Matrix Reloaded. He did The Matrix Revolutions. He did Spider-Man 2, Team America World Police, Spider-Man 3, The Spirit, Men in Black 3. Did he do any of the other Men in Blacks? I don't think he did. Ah. Uh, 
Not the one that has Thomas Leeson Johnson in it? No, not that one. His other movie besides Captain America? But he also worked closely, again, with Edgar Wright with The World's End. He did the pilot for Preacher. Oh, wow. He worked with the heavy hand himself, John Favreau, in The Jungle Book, Ooh. which people rave about how that movie looks. He just did Alita Battle Angel. Okay. All he... of these are very stylistically significant movies. Yeah. They all have and they're very... not all the same. No. Bill Pope is But they all amazing. have a look to them. Yeah. That's he impressive. Is absolutely amazing. That's what incredible. He does. Good for him. He could be my Pope. I Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. At this record store, Knives wants a Clash of Demon Head album. Ugh. The Sarah does not want to have that album. We don't know why. He talks about yeah. hearts broken, and it's kind of easy for us to put it together. I don't know why a character in the movie will be able to put it together. Right. But, yeah, there's, there's no reason. Yeah, but he won't talk about anything in his past. No. He's very secretive. Very secretive, but he's also very selfish. Yes. Throughout most of this movie. Uh, yeah, I would say- and it's not hidden. He's an asshole. Very far into this movie. Scott Pilgrim's an asshole. Yeah, he's he's not a, a likable guy. No. And, well, but, uh, that's not true either, though. He's likable. He's likable. But he's but, not nice. Yeah, he's not nice, but he has fun quips, and I think that kind of makes, like, it tricks us into it. Yeah, okay. Like how he's, they're talking about past relationships, and Knives says, oh, I've never even kissed a guy. Hey. And Scott Pilgrim says, neither have I. <laughs> and that's very funny. That's great. I love that line. But it's all these little things that are built in to make Scott likable yeah when everything underneath says we shouldn't like this guy no this is uh this is uh the right way to do iron man that's very fair yeah favreau if you're listening reboot your yeah. your franchise go back go back in time two years and, and try again <laughs> and try again basically hire michael Sarah to play, play iron man to play tony stark yeah right of course that would annoy me so much <laughs> that's a choice <laughs> how does that even work it wouldn't not at all that's like the same idea as could you Im- our Will uh, Ferrell. <laughs> can you imagine playing Superman. Michael Sarah in the Iron Man suit running with that Michael Sarah run of the high elbows and stuff as he does all the time? It's a very funny run, I and he does it so well. Would love that. Wow. Part of me just really wants a purely comedic Iron Man superhero movie. Any superhero. You see just a big gray just, suit coming through the roof, and it starts firing away, and then the, the helmet opens up, and it's Seth Rogen inside. I love it. I don't know. I think taking an established IP and just having fun with it with, like, Will Ferrell will be the best thing ever. Why don't we just recast everything now while we're at it? We're already on a roll. Okay. Who does James Franco play? Somebody who dies early on. I would say Stephen Strange. Oh, no, no, no. Better idea. Yeah. He's... If you take the cast of Infinity War and just start substituting whoever sure, sure. with all those fellas. I think you take Terrence Howard out and you put in James Franco. And then when Iron Man 2 comes out, you replace him. You replace him with? Dave Franco. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That works. <laughs> Fool everyone. Or he could be Hulk. No. He could, he could be Ed no. Norton. Because I, kind of, I kind of want... John C. Riley As we'll Hulk? replace him. Yeah. As Hulk, of course. That's where I'm going. <laughs> Hulk smash! <laughs> well, my secret is I'm always angry. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, hey, guys. Hey, guys, don't go in that room. The gamble race. You got to watch out for the gamble race. <laughs> They're going to get you real angry. Don't tell Dad I'll play with the gamble race. Don't touch my gamble race! <laughs> what is I don't even know. I don't even... Uh. And you have to have Will Ferrell as Thor, then. Yeah, of course. 
And then you have Jonah Hill as uh, Loki. Of course. <laughs> Naturally. Only makes sense. <laughs> Drawn pictures of Loki dicks everywhere. Of course. Man. This is a mess. I kind of love it. Scott's going to have a dream. What's with this dream? This whole dream sequence? I don't know. It comes out of nowhere in the comic and it comes out of nowhere in the movie. It just... It, does he have narcolepsy? I I'm don't know. I'm not sure about that. I feel like this is a big nod to Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Okay. Where the dream sequence where he sees the girl of his dreams also, and yeah. it's just as crazy as this coming out of nowhere. He's like in a desert and she's skating by. Is that this one or is that a future That's one? That's this one. Okay. And she's yeah. skating by and he's saying, I'm so alone. He's like, no, nah, you're not. You're dreaming. You're not alone. He says, oh, in that case, can we make out? It's like, what the hell? Huh? <laughs> I, you're dating the knives. What are you doing? Right. The path of least resistance. You know what it says next? No, no, that's, that's just what, that's what he's doing. That's fair. <laughs> that's very fair. What I don't like is how they go to the library right after this and he sees the rollerblading girl. Yeah. Just and there she works. is, the girl from your dreams the next day, I delivering a package. It. Yeah. It just, it, I, I don't know. I don't know why they had to force all this in the story and in the movie. It, there was no way to fix it. I don't know. It felt too weird. I think it's supposed to feel weird. I think you're supposed to be kind of like, wait, what? The same way that Scott is because Scott doesn't. He have sees any idea her, what's going on? And he's like, what? I just dreamed about her. And it becomes this whole thing that he has to figure out. That's pretty fair. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess. I don't know. It's really hard to follow what's going on at the beginning of this movie because how fast everything's moving. Everything's very quick paced. Yeah. And uh, does it benefit the movie? I think so. Okay. Yeah. This I think is the it... only part of the movie that really like is tough. It feels like a slog. Yeah. And it's all the, the character development stuff before you really figure out what the story is. Yeah, but they do. They, I mean, it's they hit you with it. Boom, boom, oh, boom, boom. Like yeah, it's, you're getting knocked around pretty hard. Sure. I mean, you end up at this party out of nowhere, and you learn Scott's need to pee out of boredom. Yeah, in this thing. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. I'm gonna go pee out of boredom. Doesn't like parties. Him and Young Neil, a yeah. big party goer. Not, not a big fan of the party. He doesn't really drink that much. Probably, Coke Zero, probably because of the incident with the gin and tonics that Como brings up, played yes. by Nelson Franklin. He's pretty great. He's what a guy. What else is he in? Mad Men. Okay. I should watch that. That's the only one that I really know. I was going to say, I was like, yeah. I know him from somewhere, but yep. I can't place where. He knows everybody. He knows everybody. I like how Scott holds up this really rough sketch oh, of nothing. So it's just a bunch of lines. Yep. And he goes, do you know who this is? He's like, that's Ramona Flowers. <laughs> do you know a girl with hair like this? <laughs> and he immediately is like, yeah, of course. She said she's going to be here tonight. She's supposed to be at the party. Scott finds Ramona, and he's going to repeat a line that he used on Knives oh, the at the Pac arcade. Man thing, the Pac-Man Pac Pac Man, Puck Man thing. Does this... not land with Ramona. No. It, he's also it, being it super awkward. Yeah. But I do like how he tries to break the ice. Yeah. He kind of, I mean, they keep saying in this movie that he's a lady killer, and it's like, it's Michael Sarah. It's Michael Sarah. Let's get, yeah. He's as much of a lady killer as Tom Hanks is good in the movie The Lady Killers. Okay. And All it's right. not good. Do you have a problem with Tom Hanks? No. Okay. Just Lady Killer and Forrest Gump. Yes. Okay. I have not rewatched Forrest Gump yet, so. You don't have 14 hours in the day. That's true. I don't, especially with Endgame trying to take up half of that because it's a seven-hour movie. Scott blows it with Ramona. Oh, yeah. He basically says, I'll leave you alone forever now. But then he stalks her. <laughs> yes. And they openly <laughs> say he stalks her. Until she leaves. How does Julie know everybody? A movie with Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza back in 2010. I was like, this is great. Who yeah. are these two? Yeah. Little did I know. Little did you know. Julie tells Scott that she's not allowed to date Ramona, but why? Because but why? he's a lady killer, and she's a cool girl, and she makes Julie's parties cooler. And if Scott breaks her heart by being the asshole that Scott is, she won't well, show th up At anymore. this point, we learn that Scott dated Kim also. And then, right. And she's just kind of staring and daggers at him the whole movie. He's like, oh, me and Kim are fine. And she's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, no. 
But basically, Julie says she's American. She works for Amazon and he's forbidden to hit on her. Yeah. And then Stephen lets slip that she dated a guy named Gideon in New York. Yes. Don't know how he knows her, too. Seems like everyone knows everything about everyone in this movie. Yeah. Well, I think maybe Julie had mentioned something. I don't know. Or maybe Julie said that she dated a guy. She's dating a guy, Gideon, from New York. And then Stephen says, wait, didn't they break up? Something like but, that. Like, again, how would fast. he know that? It moves Right. Fast. It's hard to keep track of who said what. And then Scott's going to go home and he's going to talk to Wallace. And he tells Wallace he found the girl of his dreams. Yep. Wallace is drunk and passed out in the bed. They share a bed because there's only one bed. Right. And they're it's a very small so, apartment. Yes. And I like how Wallace texts Anna Kendrick. Yes. While, while he's, he's passed asleep. out <laughs> asleep. And she calls him on the spot. They're both on board, Wallace and the sister of, you have to break up with your fake high school girlfriend. Yes. You, you have, have to break to. up with your high school girlfriend. You have to. And Scott Definitely. just won't do it. Why? I don't know. It's weird. It is weird. And instead, he, since he finds out that Ramona works for Amazon, he has to order a package. What's the website for Amazon.ca? Amazon.ca. Okay. <laughs> You've got mail. Oh, it says I have mail. Is this his first time using a computer? Apparently. Like he doesn't know the web address that he just said. Yes. Also, what year does this take place? Is that an AOL You've Got Mail? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> just a fun bit of nostalgia. But I like how the mail is from Matthew Patel. Matthew Patel. And he says, oh, I understand we're going to be fighting soon. And then Scott gets this bored again. is boring. <laughs> so he deletes it. And then he has to, he goes out with knives. But the whole time he's thinking about Ramona. I hate that scene. It's not right. Yeah, it's probably my least favorite scene in the movie. Just because I, you, we have nothing to like in Scott. Right. At this point. They haven't given us very much to like about him other no. than he's a little bit silly. That's it. Yeah. I like him. I don't. Okay, that's fair. I don't. I'm no, starting no, no, to realize how much I don't like him right I, now. I like him, yeah. but I'm like, you make poor decisions, Scott. Doesn't he doesn't make decisions? He just kind of that's goes true. With the he kind of just goes with everything until yeah. he has to do something. Exactly. Yeah. And even then, that's fair. He doesn't really do anything. Right. He has another dream about Ramona. Yeah. And when he wakes up, she's ringing the doorbell. Brought the package. The package from yeah. Amazon. She tells him that it's not weird that he has dreams about her because. There's a door in his subconscious that leads to a really easy shortcut in subspace highway. Words. Yeah. She can words that sound good together. Go places through Scott's head. Fair. Faster. I suppose. He kind of berates her into going out with him. Yeah, because she says that if you sign for the package, I'll go out with you. Yeah. And he signs and then he throws the package over his shoulder into the garbage can. That's great. Do you know what I love about that scene? It's real. It's real. How crazy. You know what's not real about the scene? The signature. (laughs) <laughs> the the easiest part of it. Right. He actually, it took him, what, 30 takes, I think I read? Something like that. 30, to throw 30 the something. package over his shoulder and get in the land of the garbage can yeah. for a nothing shot. And they CGI'd in the signature. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Movie why not? Those two are going to hang out. They're yeah. going to go walk in the snowy it's real cold. park or something. Yeah. It's real cold. It's real cold. They talk. I guess they get along. They seem to. I don't know. Ramona yeah. always seems like she's kind of like, just like, okay, I guess this is happening. Yeah, but Ramona's interesting also because Scott shows up late and he just, uh, and Ramona says like, where were you? He says like, I thought you were going to show up late. And she's like, no, no, she's on time. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's interesting character development right there. Yeah. (laughs) At this point in the movie, where do you think it's even going? If you you didn't know where it was going to go after all this. Not where it goes. No. I just assumed they'd be like, all right, well, cool. See you later. (laughs) They end up going back to Ramona's. I don't know why. I don't know why either. I don't That's understand how, they why do. they go there. It's warm there. Yeah, and she has tea. She has lots of tea. She memorized the list of teas. How crazy is that? That's amazing. They, the, they Mary Elizabeth they, Winstead. Great job. Probably should say her name at some point. It yeah. is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It is. She's pretty. She's very pretty. She does um, a good job in this movie. She does, she does a very good job in this movie. I think she has the toughest job in this movie. I'd agree. 
Yeah. Because she has to kind of keep that cool She has to be too cool the Yeah, but she has to kind of, yeah, and she has to kind of keep the no expression thing going on, but then has to like lightly emote in order to get it across. It's probably uh, the only person in the movie who is lightly emoting. Yeah, everyone else is Everybody else is pretty over the top. Scott's all cold, so he needs a blanket. Ramona goes to get it. Scott follows her into the room, and then she's all naked. She's changing. She's changing yeah. stuff. So. And he's like, oh. It covers his eyes, and then we cover our eyes, I guess, as the audience, because we don't see what's happening. And then he says, oh, that's warm, and it's her. It's her. And then they do she's, a makeout. Yep, they do a makeout. Why are they doing a makeout, and Brian? Then, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, because they, they we're cold together outside, and that's how people fall in love. I suppose so. They get in the bed, and they do more of a makeout. Yeah, it's like, were you going to bring that blanket from your bed? Because we could just get under it instead. But what about the tea? I don't, I don't need it. I could probably not have tea. <laughs> what I like about this scene is that they're making out in the bed, and Ramona says, just rolls back over onto the pillow. She says, no, I reconsidered the sex thing. No, I changed my mind. Don't want to do it. Don't want to have sex with you now. And Scott says, that's okay. That's fine. I kind of like just being here with you. Yeah. And it's like, okay. All a little right. redemption there. I see you, Scott Pilgrim. A little Pilgrim. redemption there. Good job not getting mad about something you shouldn't get mad about. Correct. <laughs> But then he instantly ruins the moment very briefly the next morning because he stays the night there. Yeah. And the next morning we're walking out and he says, I hope this isn't a one night stand because, you know, I didn't get any. That's a joke, by the way. And he makes sure he has to point out that it's a joke. Yeah. But it's one of those like, it's like mm, are you fishing? Yeah, what are you doing Are you there? fishing? What are you doing there? <laughs> yes, that's kind of what it felt like. Well, she does say before she goes to bed that she, she reserves re- her right yeah. to change her mind again. That works. Yeah. So I think I think it was more... The next morning thing was more of telling the audience that she didn't change her mind. Okay. That they didn't do it. You know what? I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right on that. Sometimes. Yeah. Even a broken clock twice a day. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Scott needs a number. Yep. She gives him the number. Yeah. And there's just- He invites her to the Battle of the Bands. Yep. And, and she's like, you're in a band. Yeah, we're terrible. Come watch. <laughs> that phone number. 212-664-7665. Tell me something neat about this phone number, Dave. Universal bought it. Oh, really? It's Universal's number. Oh, wow. It's a dummy number again. Okay. I don't know. I think it's unregistered now, but it was also used in Munich and the Adjustment Bureau. So it was Universal's- Interesting choices. Yeah. One of their numbers at the time Hmm. that they went off of. So there you go. There you go. But there's seven X's underneath this phone number. They look like little little kisses. Little kisses. I'm sure it doesn't mean anything other than that. I'm sure. Just little kisses. We cut to The Rocket. Yeah, The Rocket. It's a- It's the Battle of the Bands Dive bar. We're just going to get right into the battle. The battle of the bands. The battle of the bands. How do you like the awkwardness of this scene? Oh, it's... How Ramona shows up and Knives is there also. And yep. Scott, what are you doing, bud? Uh, Not. He's just going with it because that's what he does. He didn't think about this. No. He didn't think it through. He's no. a dummy. Yeah, and he realized how much of a dummy is when he's just locked on Ramona and then Knives comes up. Knives kisses him. Yeah. And Ramona's just like, hmm, weird. This high schooler just ran up and kissed him, but yeah. I'm just going to keep on going along with it. going to keep on going with it. And then they sit at the same table up in this balcony or right. whatever it is. And Scott runs backstage because he's like, I can't handle this. No, but then at the same time, Stephen Stills, the band leader, lead singer, can't handle the whole band thing. Right. Because Crash and the boys are playing. How fun. And they're doing a good job, I guess, in their short little tiny song. How fun is that bit? It's great. Oh, their it's song great. literally lasts two seconds. Yep. And up in the balcony of Wallace. It's not a race, fellas. <laughs> Wallace is heckling, and I kind of love it. But that's the whole thing about Wallace is like these lines don't need to be said. Nope, at all. But he'll do it. He's also hitting on Stacy's boyfriend, Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> it's yes, yes, it is. 
when Scott looks up and he sees Ramona and Knives talking, and he figures out they're talking about him, because yeah. why wouldn't he? He's Scott Pilgrim. Also, when does anybody in this movie not talk about Scott? Bechtel test? Fail? <laughs> Massive fail? Barely pass. Does it? Barely. Where? It's not good. Uh, it's like scenes where Envy and Julie are kind of talking to each other, but not really. But they're in the scene with other people. They're in the scene with other people, yes. Yeah, uh, that doesn't count. Like, there's quick asides of Julie and Envy talking, but yeah. that's not a scene. Knives talks to Kim about the band, but again, barely. Barely. You drum? Yes. That's so cool. That's like the that's whole conversation. Part, that's within a scene, though. It has to be a scene for it to pass. Knives tells Envy that she loves her band and reads her blog. That's within a scene of other people. Oh, there's again. There are no scenes in this movie that's just two girls, though. Yeah. No, it doesn't pass, then. doesn't pass. There you go. So Scott just assumes that they're talking about him because of the lack of Bechtel test passing here. <laughs> he says, we need to play now and we need to play loud. They get out there. They do their, their fucking thing. Matthew Patel comes crashing through the wall. Yeah. I love his entrance. How he flies in. Yeah. Mr. Pilgrim. <laughs> it's almost like we're about to get a plot. Yeah. It's uh... finally a half hour in. Finally. In I... a movie that I love, we're finally getting a plot. Edgar Wright said something like, this movie is like a musical, but instead of musical numbers, they have fight scenes. Right. How neat is that? It's great. Good way to think about it. But also, they sing in this one. This one they do. <laughs> but I think that's half the joke. Yeah. Which I like a lot because Matthew Mattel is Indian. Yep. He's kind of dressed all funny. Like he looks like, like a, a pirate. Like a modern day pirate. Though. Pirates are in. <laughs> yeah. And they start singing a Bollywood number. Yes. But then this fight is still going on between him and Scott. Scott has no idea why they're fighting. Didn't you read my email? I skimmed it. You will pay for your insolence. <laughs> we find out that Matthew has these like mystical powers. These mystical also, powers. And he because fireballing why wouldn't and whatnot. He, he fireballs crashing the boys and they're gone. They're gone. He, they lost. He the kills the other band. Yes. So by sex, default, Sex Bob will win by yes. default. And then Scott's going to punch Matthew Patel and he's going to turn into coins. Yeah. Don't forget about the demon hipster chicks. Right. They're there. They're there. That's they it. sitting next to him. Right. That's it. That is it. I'm happy we finally have a plot. This movie needs one. Yeah. This is such a tough movie to talk about, scene by scene, up until this point. Yeah. Because shit just happens. Yeah. Things are just kind of happening. Would you say you like this movie up to this point? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. It's easy to be. I mean, you do have the conflict of Scott and and Ramona and Knives. Yeah. But now we have like an actual. There are antagonists coming. Yes. And we know about them. We found out in the bus as Ramona and Scott are on it, they're driving away, that Ramona has seven evil ex-boyfriends. Exes. Right. And if they're going to date, he's going to have to fight them. Right. Finds out they're dating. Oh, so we're way. dating? Can we make out then? What a dick. He's- He's the worst. He's something. While it's kind of going to be his guiding light again. Yes. Says, ultimatum. Yeah. You can see Ramona, you got to dump your fake high school girlfriend. Yes. You have to. Scott wants the apartment Or he's going to tell Ramona about and knives. Is like, yada, yada. You got to do it. Got to do it. It's our introduction to Lucas Lee, too, isn't it? Yes, he's on it all, is. He's on all the magazines. And he's on the TV. Yeah. Wallace says he's going to go stalk him because he's filming a movie in Toronto that night. Doing some more stalking. I like it. I like <laughs> it a lot. And Scott's just going to go break up with knives. Yeah. He's going to go to the record store. On her birthday. Oh, they do kind of say, yeah. Yeah, birthday, they set huh? it up because she invites him over and he says, what do we have in Chinese? <laughs> it's like, God <laughs> damn it, man. <laughs> oh, Scott, you're, you're not making yourself nope. very likable. No. Are you even allowed to date outside of your race? Not good. What is he doing? I don't know. And that's why. Is he likable? That's what I'm trying to figure uh, out. I thought so. And then Knives is like, I'm in 
love and the word kind of floats yep. over to him and he brushes it away and he's like i think shoots you down we're done i think we need to break Dunzo. up he does something he made a decision he did and he didn't want to no but then he makes it's another decision because it's gonna be hard yeah but then he goes to band practice yep and he says oh done with knives but i have a new new girlfriend and kim is just like mother fuck really yeah yeah kim's like really had it with scott's bullshit it's a lot of bullshit Ramona's going to show up. Scott's going to ditch the band yeah. during this practice. And he says, young Neil knows my part. I'm out. Right. What the fuck? Come on, Scott. That's not cool. That's not good at all. What do they even do? I don't remember what they do. They go back to Scott's place. Oh, of course. They, they eat garlic bread. He loves garlic bread. Finds out bread makes you fat. Bread makes you bread fat. Bread makes that you old fat? joke. Yes, yes, yes. I do think Sarah's crushing it in all of this. Because at this point was the point that I hated Scott the most in this movie. Yeah. And it's like. You got me there. He's still. Uh, you brought me to that place that I needed to go. Yeah. How you could have these your, tiny redemptions yeah, along the way. You could have your protagonist be such an anti-hero in a lot of ways. He sucks. <laughs> He's not. But I'm a smiling good while I say that. Yeah. It's like, man, you got me to where I needed to be in this story. That's pretty great. Yeah. Scott almost talks about his past relationships yet again. Talks about a girl named Nat. He's very close. Yeah. He yeah. talks about Nat. Ramona says. Your hair's get kind of shaggy. Oh, the hat bit. The hat. The hat Immediately bit is very on. good. I <laughs> love it. I love the hat bit. Oh, like a normal cut back to Scott's face and he's wearing a hat. Yes. It's uh, so What good. a fun bit. But and that's the stuff get... that Edgar Wright does is those quick cuts. Yeah. He is oh, so absolutely. known for that. And we get more Bill Hader. Yeah, we do. Right here. It had been exactly 300 and some odd days since Scott's yeah. last yeah. haircut. He knew that because his last haircut was three hours before he and Envy broke up. Right. They're going to go for a walk. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about his past, so he's like, let's go do something else. Let's go find Wallace. They end up going to the castle where they're filming this movie with Lucas Lee, another ex-boyfriend. Uh-oh. How about that movie? How about How that? How about that? They just dated happened. in like ninth grade and they were in drama club together or whatever. Right. Or whatever. Now he's got he's to fight the Chris Evans. you got to fight Chris the Evans. boy. He's not Captain America yet. So but he's- before. He's going to be. You could tell he's in- shape right yes now. yes for sure he is working out for captain america oh yeah i feel like he was already cast possibly i wouldn't be surprised they're gonna go on a fight and scott's gotta fight his his stunt, his stunt doubles, doubles. And stuff. i'd be nothing without my stunt team i guess some of them were actually his stunt doubles they picked good actors for it yeah that makes sense so makes a lot of sense there was one that didn't look anything like him and i think that was really funny that happens yeah you kind of get your supernatural stuff here because Scott gets thrown by Lucas Lee into the castle. Just All the way, like, yeah. Oh, a couple hundred feet. Pretty wild. Scott realizes he's not going to win this thing. No. But he does take out all the stunt doubles. Yes, he does. Which, impressive. We don't get to see it. We don't it, get to see it. It's but... all off screen because Lucas Lee's laughing at a text message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that was actually hilarious. Once Scott realizes he's not going to win this, he asks Lucas Lee if he's a good skateboarder. He Can says, you do I'm the a best. thingy? <laughs> <laughs> can you do a grindy thingy down the the rail thing is a couple hundred steps of the way and he goes and does it and he, he blows up it. at the bottom he blows and it's just the thing turns into coins brian yeah i have issues right now don't have issues why do you have issues because we're talking about this and i'm realizing this movie doesn't flow that well i think it's because our pace is very different from the movie's pace it's possible but it's one of those things like i'm i'm hearing what i'm saying and it's not interesting to me right now hmm. really yeah and I don't know if it, I, I don't know, because this is a fascinating movie. Yeah. But between me not liking our hero character. How much of this movie is being carried by the visual effects? It's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot of fight scenes. and They look great. Yeah. 
but not a lot happens in these fights. It's a lot of just hand to hand. Right. Let's keep going down this rabbit hole. Okay. I'm getting nervous about this movie with myself. I don't like this. I don't like this I'm feeling. nervous for you now. I don't like this feeling. I love this movie. Yeah. I love, I'm telling myself, I love this movie. You love it. Uh-huh. You love it, Dave. I do love this movie. Scott's upset because he didn't get Lucas Lee's autograph. After he blows up. Before he blows Turns up. Turns into coins. Yeah. yeah. Ramona just bounced at some point during the fight. Yeah. Scott's Weird. pretty upset and yeah. starts calling her. She doesn't answer. But he does get a call from Envy. Out of nowhere. So random. Probably should say. Envy. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Whew. We got a Captain America followed by a Captain Marvel. A Captain Marvel back-to-back scenes. Double cap. How about that? That's one of the rules in Zombieland, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I like how in the background after the phone call comes in, you hear Wallace go, oh, shit. When he yeah. hears that it's Envy, it's like, Wallace genuinely cares. He does. I like it a lot. Yeah. After he hangs up with Envy, Knives calls and she's outside the door. That's creepy. Very creepy. Wallace answers, says, Scott's not home because he dove out the window. He jumped <laughs> out the window. And it's funny because you can see Knives like watch it happen and yeah. she just accepts it. Yeah, she's, she's like, oh, <laughs> what do you do? You know? You can't do much. Scott's going to get randomly attacked by some girl. It's May Whitman. It is May Whitman. Her? Egg? <laughs> yeah. So we get a little Scott Pilgrim. Some Michael Sarah and, and May Whitman in the same scene. I got to tell you this. I think May Whitman's the best actress in this movie. Really? She's very brief. Very. But it's one of those things where you've seen Mae Whitman in Arrested Development. Yeah. She's a very different character. And it's in a, and here- Night and day. Just lets loose. Yeah. And it is so good. It's so good what she's doing here. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's- it feels a little like maybe some Colin Farrell territory. Why do you think I love it? That makes sense. Yeah. She's she's chewing she's some best. scenery. She's the best. She's She's just great. Scott doesn't want to fight her. No. He doesn't even question why he has to fight her. Right. He's like- Because she's moving at light speed here. And then she's like, I really don't want to fight her now. She's like, all right, I'll come back. Flips the hood up that she has and she's out. But and he doesn't Scott, question her at all. No. He's going to go try to find his sister because he needs to talk all this shit through because yes. he doesn't know what's going on. Good for him for actually wanting to talk about it. Very adult move. For once. Yes. From this guy. And uh, well, his sister kind of just bails on him. Yeah. <laughs> and it said he has to go against an Aubrey Plaza. What do you think of the bit with the swearing? I love it. It's tr- how you get I like think the bleep they out and they cover the mouth on it. I think they might have done this scene later in the movie because they had to adjust for rating because of when Envy later in the movie swears. So when they censored her, they were like, okay, we have to establish this somehow. So I think, I think that's part why of the joke. they made Julie. No, I think it was all part of the joke where they had the Julie swearing thing. Yeah. And it was just another character development thing. So we don't know much about Julie. Right. But then I think later- she does Julie the- also swears a lot in the comics. So. Yeah, but Envy does the swear with the cover because the only other person in that shot is Julie. I think that's kind of the joke of it, of like, it's not Julie doing the swear. But I did read that they had to censor her. That's why they, they did they it. They didn't censor her originally, but okay. they had to change it to keep the PG-13 rating. Okay. Because Scott calls- It works. I think it works great. Because Scott calls Todd Ingram a cocky cock. Yeah, he does. So to keep that in, they had to lose- They had to lose- Gotta Brie make choices, fuck. man. All right. <laughs> All right. I think it's funnier without it. I think so, too. Ramona's at the coffee shop. Of course she is. Because why wouldn't she be? She says, Toronto, yeah. very small city. She runs away. They call it the, the, little, the little Canadian leaf. apple. The little leaf. The Canadian crab apple. Yes. <laughs> of course. She says that she's known for running away. Yeah. Whenever times get tough. We're learning things. I guess. Oh, I thought you were going to start singing Bridge Over Troubled Water right there. Oh, didn't even consider it. <laughs> Never crossed my mind. <laughs> okay, fine. Guess I'll find somebody else to be my Garfunkel. Ouch. Why would I want to you be the knew what this was. Why would I want to be the Garfunkel? You knew what this was. No one wants to be the Garfunkel. Everyone wants to be the Simon. 
Well, yeah, of course. Damn it. <laughs> Envy is also there. Why is everyone in this town? I Why is everyone in this coffee shop? Everyone's at the coffee shop. <laughs> I don't know. Envy walks up. Ramona realizes that's his ex. That's the big one. This is a problem. Gotta go. This is a problem. She doesn't so go she... anywhere. She just kind of walks behind him. But... Yeah. She's like, I'm going to let you two talk. Yeah. Envy kind of rubs Scott's face in it saying, I'm playing a show. Yeah. She doesn't. With okay. my band, I'm Clash jealous. of Demon Head. Yeah. And she invites him to the show. Yeah. <sighs> Why? I don't know. Why does she invite him to the show? Because we're going to find out in literally a few seconds that she booked Sex Bob Bomb to open. Yes. So he was going anyway without yeah. knowing it, I suppose. Especially because Steven was not going to let him not go. Exactly. Exactly. And as he's like in this scene with Steven, as he's kind of figuring out what he should do, his head is on Ramona's shoulder. Like as he's figuring out, Knives looks through the window, sees all this. Yes. Knives is going to snap. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh, Knives. Is this the scene with the hair? It is the scene with the this hair. This is the scene where he freaks out that she changed her hair color? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, She's... it's very quick. It's not a freak out. This is the, the freak out is he says, you change your hair. She says, yeah, I change my hair every, once every week and a half. Get right. used to it. Yeah. Just owns it. It's her. Yeah. Fine. But Knives sees the hair that changed and now she wants to go dye her hair with the blue and all this stuff. Yeah. And she's having a freak out that Scott left her for this girl. So she's going to text young Neil. Yes. Segment. He's so hot. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's just get to this this concert. Let's get to the concert. Clash at Demon Head concert. Yeah. What a weird name for a band. It is a weird name. I think it's like the name of a level of a video game or something. Is it Zelda 2? I have no idea. Because I know Edgar Wright wanted to stay as true to this stuff as he could, and he had to get rights for, like, individual little rights for small things. Very small things, yeah. And I feel like Clash at Demon Head might be one of those things for some reason. Or it could be how, was it maybe the scene where Scott City learned how to play one of the video game songs on his bass, and he shows that off. Yeah. I don't know. Edgar Wright really wanted to stay true to everything. Yeah. Sex Bomb's going to play. No one's going to care. Nope. They all just kind of stand there. They, I don't. I wouldn't say they bombed, but they kind of bombed. They, they kind of Sex bombed. Uh, a bit. Just a bit. Yeah. But then again, I've never been overly excited for the opening act either. No, you're not there for the opening act. No. What's a big act? Or is it a big local act, maybe? I don't know what Clash of Demon Head is. It's hard to tell. Small world. It's very, They're very small world. They're big in a small world. world. Yes. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Surprise, the bass player is an evil ex. It's a Brandon Routh. It's Brandon Routh. We have a Superman. Have a Superman. How wild is it now? How many people have popped up in superhero movies that are in this movie? It's insane. That's three. So far. Are we going to get another? We're going to get one more. Are we? In this scene. Really? Yep. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> right, Brandon Ralph, Superman Returns. He did it. Yeah. He, he was a super hit. He's also on the CW shows as the Atom. Now? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. I didn't even put that together either. Interesting career that guy's had. He really has. Yeah. He's pretty good in this. He's very good in this. He's a vegan bassist. He is he has a vegan, vegan powers. There's a really awkward backstage thing where Knives is fanning out over Envy. I read your blog. Todd gets really annoyed at listening to this, and he's going to punch he Knives. punches a 17-year-old girl in the face. And her highlights come out. You knocked the highlights out of her hair. Scott is not happy about this. No, but I wouldn't be either because of what Brandon Routh says. He says, I'm not afraid to hit a girl. I'm famous. Yeah. What the fuck, movie? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, you're dealing with the Chinese jokes. Now you're going to yeah. drop this? You're going to do that? Now you're going to do a Chris Brown joke? Oh, God. Oh, boy. You had to. I, I did. Okay. It was right there. Yeah. So, He's famous. It's a layup, I suppose. Scott calls Brandon Routh a cocky cock. Yeah. You're a cocky <laughs> He's gonna, cock. He's going to 
try to fight him. The vegan powers, man. But he's got vegan powers. He lifts him up and his eyes turn all white and stuff. He basically goes Super Saiyan. Pretty much. And the hair goes up too. Yeah. The blonde hair. It's pretty cool looking. He's going to throw Scott out of a building. Yeah. Then he's going to throw the wall. high up in the air. Yeah. And then he's going to try to explain what vegan powers are. Yeah. And Brie Larson, Envy, is going to yeah. be like, basically being vegan just makes you better. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> uh... The movie wants to annoy you here. They do. Which and is they do a great, great Which is great. It's a like, Oh. Scott, knowing that he can't beat him, challenges him to a base battle, which he yeah. loses. <laughs> he does lose that, too. But it's such it's a, a cool, cool base battle. Cool base How battle. you see all the notes hitting each other and stuff like that, and they're just going at it. It's so cool. so cool. And after he gets blown back through a ton of walls and into the green room, I guess it is. I guess. Brandon Routh's about to destroy Scott Pilgrim, and Scott's just sitting there with a couple cups of coffee. He's like, well, let's drink to my demise. And due to vegan powers, he realizes that Scott put half and half and soy into these cups. One of them has one and the other has the other. And he ends up accidentally drinking the half and half. Yeah. And it's, it's like, not vegan. Well, the thing is, I yeah. put the I put the half and half in this one, but I thought real hard about putting soy milk in it. They just like the old sip, that slow sip of a... <laughs> on that coffee. Yeah. Shouldn't do that with beer. It foams up in your mouth. Yeah, it's I real can, hard to talk. I can hear that. <laughs> After he takes a sip, the vegan police the show vegan up. Vegan police show up. Here's your other superhero, Thomas Jane. We got a Punisher. We do. We also have another actor from Arrested Development. Yeah, small worlds coming together here. It's uh pretty bonkers. Wow, movie. I like that word, huh? Bonkers. Bonkers. Good word. Yeah. They're gonna revoke his vegan powers. He said, "Don't I get three strikes." Yeah. Obviously, this is the first one. You also had gelato. Gelato isn't vegan. <laughs> you also had chicken parmesan. <laughs> chicken isn't vegan. <laughs> His what do you hair. Think of Scott's line. His hair. No, I don't give down. a damn about the hair. The hair frizzes out fine. What do you think of Scott's line? What was Scott's line? You were once a vegan. Oh, it was and awful. now you must be God. <laughs> it's the worst line of the movie. Fire. Ah. <laughs> once you were vegan, now you will be gone. It made me hate Scott again. How well it should. Is that the point? I don't know. Because even before he headbutts Brandon Routh to death. Yeah. Brandon Routh goes, vegan? <laughs> question it. Yeah. Like, Damn it, movie. Yeah. Even even in character, even in universe characters are like, that was bad, Scott. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Then he gets headbutted and turns into a bunch of coins. Yes. They're going to go to an after party for this Clash of Demon head show. Yes. Even though he just headbutted Envy's boyfriend. Yeah. Scott's death. not in a good mood now. No. He just... Nearly died. Yes. Again. 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 He he's, seems like he's about had it. Yeah, he wants to know if Ramona's ever dated anyone who's not a complete ass. She says, I thought you weren't, yeah, but... <laughs> but you're kind of being an ass. And then our May Whitman is going to show up again. Yes. Her name's Roxy. Roxy Richter. Yeah, she's very fast. Very fast. She's a fast girl. Yeah, and it's kind of the reason why they're the seven evil exes and not seven evil ex-boyfriends. Because right. Ramona had a phase. Rax doesn't like hearing that it was a phase. Nope. She's a little bi-curious. Now she's bi-furious. That's mates. What a line! Roxy bi-furious. What a line! Yeah. I can see Colin Farrell yelling it. Yes. How great <laughs> would that be? It'd be weird. Yep. I love it. <laughs> Scott doesn't want to fight her. He doesn't want to hit doesn't a girl. Want a girl. But Ramona's going to step in. The Ramona I is. I love how they have the little verses like, yes. cut scenes before each battle. I love all of those. Like Mortal Kombat and this one's Ramona. 
The giant hammer. She pulls the giant hammer out of the purse. Yeah. It's just Ramona's weapon. Okay. Um, What I really loved about this, there's throughout this movie, there's little clips, little sound effects from uh, Nintendo games. This was a Sega sound clip, so I recognize this one because I was a, I was a Genesis lad growing sure. up. This is the sound of Sonic going into the maze level. Oh yeah, when she pulls out the hammer, very I was cool. like, oh, I recognize that sound. That's very cool. <laughs> They're gonna fight. Ramon is kind of winning. Yeah, but then Roxy reminds her of the rules. Scott's got to do with his own fists. Yeah, then your boyfriend Ramona's has to fight gonna, for yeah, you. Ramona's gonna grab Scott and start using him as a puppet and fighting that way too. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, but Scott still doesn't seem like he's he doesn't want to do it. it. Not into it. Not about it. Doesn't want to hurt a girl. So instead of hurting her, there's another way to defeat her. Yeah, she's about to stomp Scott on the ground yeah, it doesn't with look her good leg way up in the air. And then Rona says, touch behind her knee. It's her weak spot. And he does, and then she orgasms to death. Yeah, she comes to death. Comes to death. It's uh Oh boy. <laughs> as she's as she's going, she's like, You'll never be able to do this to Ramona. And then she bursts into a pile of coins, yeah. as they all do. Comes to death, man. I can't believe you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I couldn't say it with the Smurfs last week? The blue goo. Blue goo. Scott's had it. Oh, yeah. He is completely <laughs> upset. And also, he wants to know if there's anyone at this party that Ramona hasn't dated. Yeah, he doesn't say dated, though. He says slept with. He says slept and with, which is worse. You're a dick, Scott. Scott sucks. And that's when Ramona's like... Deuces. Yeah. She does an interesting thing here. She reaches up and touches the back of her neck. Yeah, that was weird. Wasn't weird. It was the first time, though. Yes, it was. That's why, or was it? Is there other moments before that? Or is, nope. it was, that's okay. the first time she does it. That was strange. Yeah. But she leaves. And she leaves. But it's, ah, there's so many little nuances to this movie. Yeah. Nuance. It's very chock full of Which stuff, is difficult man. to do when you're moving at this pace. It's so fast. It's so, they squeeze so much into it. And she brings him a list of her evil exes before she bounces. Letting him know finally what's up. Yeah. After how many are down? Four. There's three left. What? And now the hell? he knows who they are. Well, lucky for him, the next ones are twins. Yeah. Don't know how that works. Don't want to think about it. Nope. He doesn't want to think twins about it. Twins Basil either. twins. Twins Basil. Katayanagi twins. Katayanagi twins. Hey, how about that? They're facing them in the battle of the bands next. It's an amp versus amp challenge. Why are all of Ramona's exes in Toronto? I don't She lived in New York. Stand it. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It really is. Small world. It is a small world. It's a small apple after all. Amp for Samp. They're set up on opposite sides of the room. They're going to be playing at each other. Is this a thing that actually happens? I have no idea. I would go to one of these. I'd be curious. Seems cool. Yeah. The Katanayagi twins are literally going to blow the roof off the joint. Yeah. And this was a neat touch. I loved this scene. I do too. But what I like also is that before when Ramona's explaining Todd, Brendan Routh, how they met. And how, like, she said that he was a vegan, so he was strong, and he had all these powers, and he punched a hole in the moon for her? He punched a hole in the moon for her. The Katayanagi twins are going to start playing music at uh, Sex Bomb, because Sex Bomb's just taken off guard, and they are just DJs. That's all they are. They have a massive wall of speakers. When they do this, the roof literally caves in, you see the moon, and it has a hole punched out of it. Yeah. How neat is that? Awesome. That's just attention to detail. It's great. In the comics, he goes and he punches a second hole in the moon for Envy. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's just his move. That's what he does. The old hole puncher. Hey, I mean, if he can do it. He is. <laughs> Legitimate. That moon is one hole away from being a three-hole punch gym. Yeah. In the <laughs> office. Yeah, exactly. All right. 
Don't laugh as hard as you did. That was a terrible joke. No, I and you actually kind of liked it. loved it. I kind of loved it. I feel like that was a begone joke. No, it wasn't that bad. Fair enough. Ramona's there with Gideon. Yeah. We finally see Jason Schwartzman. Best choice for Gideon they could have had. Oh, of course. I love Schwartzman. I love how they hit him this long, too. How they yeah. even hint at it. Yeah. It's like, that's one of those guys you get excited. They to kept talking about the G-Man, yeah. or Sex Bomb. Mostly yeah. Steven Stills kept talking about the G-Man, who owns this, this record company. And Ramona kept talking about Gideon. And Scott never made the connection. Same guy. Why would you? You couldn't. It's a big world. It's a it's huge not a world. world. <laughs> it's not a big world. At this point, Scott should know. If it's been mentioned, it's one of her exes. Correct. <laughs> You'd think he'd figure it out by now. You would think. The cat, the twins. I can't keep saying it. The twins, it. sure. The twins are going to create this sound dragon type oh, thing. It's going to blow sex dragon. Yeah, it's going to blow sex bomb just off the stage. Yeah. Sex bomb gets up. And they go, oh, fucker, we got to play harder than we ever played before. Yeah. They're going to make a sound gorilla. I think it's a Yeti. Is it? I it's don't know. Awesome. I love it. It's awesome. I've always and called you, it the Sonic Yeti. You get Sonic Yeti versus the, the sound dragon. Yeah. And they're going to fight. And they are. And the Sonic Yeti's going to win pretty quickly. Yeah. It, there's not much of a fight. But that's just because a oh, full rock band's always going to be a DJ. A DJ? Of Come course. Because one of them's they actually can, playing music. They can turn the it up to 11 all they noise. want. But yeah, Exactly. And because he defeated the twins, he gets enough coins to get an extra, an extra life. life. And Convenient. Then he, he's going to go down, and he's gonna, he, he wants to talk to this Gideon fella. He wants to talk to Ramona. That's how I kind of took it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. But he wants to sense. find Ramona. Instead, he finds knives. She's there. She's yeah. like, I wanted to see you play. As he's getting off the stage, like, yeah. Scott, what are you doing? And he says, getting a life. I like how, he grabs yeah, when life. he finds knives, you're really feeling for knives in this movie. Yeah, she's just broken Yeah, at this point. She's but just she's standing not, there like. she's not fanning out at this point. I feel like she's no. so mature. Yeah. This is the, like, what bothers the, okay, me is that. here. Yeah, yes, I can see that this. At the beginning, yeah, she's fanning out. I get it. But here she's just sad. She's a sad girl. She's just like. It hurts. I love you, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, and Scott just runs right by her because he has to He's go outside like, and talk uh, to Ramona. Ramona says, we're done. I'm with Gideon again. Yeah. Got back with one of my evil exes. Yep. Gideon's going to sign Sex Bob bomb on the spot. And Scott Scott's won't sign. like. Won't sign. Nope. It said Young yeah. Neil will. And then, yeah. <laughs> no, young Neil shows up. He's like, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Then we get a uh, Then we get a sad Scott. We get a very sad Scott. He's brooding. His sister says, hey, maybe next time you shouldn't date a girl with 11 evil exes. Seven. Well, well, that's, that's not, not so bad. bad. <laughs> Anna Kendrick. Then she gets a phone call and she says, uh, <laughs> Oh, it's pathetic. <laughs> she's, as she's walking away, she's like, Yeah, it's so pathetic. He goes home. Wallace is trying to kick him out. Yeah, because Wallace wants the sex. Permanently. Because Wallace always has new guys in the bed. Always. But I like. <laughs> but but it's not like he replaces the guys. There's always just, just another add, guy. They add another guy. <laughs> Wallace is awesome, man. I love Wallace. He's great. Oh, he's and all the these worst. guys are just kind of sitting up in the bed and they're just part of the yes, scene. <laughs> one at a time, adding their own. It's uh, great. Gideon's going to call Scott and rub it in even farther. Yeah. He says, hey, come to my new club. Sex with Val's going to open. It just wouldn't feel right if you're not there. Yeah. And that's when Wallace is like, oh, no, you got to go get him. Got to go get him. Got to fight. Scott's going to go. To the to Chaos the, Theater. The Chaos Theater to fight Gideon. Scott gets to the Chaos Theater. There's a guy wanting a password. He just says, whatever, and lets him in. Yep. Two more guards. They want the next password. He just goes, <laughs> They let him in. It's a good gag. Those are the bad. That's great. It's a really I love good it. gag. The inside of this place is nuts. It's a pyramid. Yeah. Inside. There's like a stone Gideon's kind of pyramid. Gideon's sitting on a, a pyramid like a with Ramona as like a pet. Yeah. It's weird. And then you have Sex Babam. All dressed up in weird clothes yeah. on another pedestal, and they're they don't look all that happy about no, their situation. No, they're playing music. It doesn't rock. No, 
even Kim says, we are Sex Bob-omb and we sold out for money and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Not great. Basically, Scott tells Gideon that he's going to fight for Ramona. And then he does. He gets the- Is that not clear? Because well, he loves- <laughs> Yeah. He's... That whole joke. He, uh, he tells Ron that he loves her. He gains the power of the love. The power of love. Which is just a big red sword. A big flaming red sword that, that he comes gets. out of his chest. And he's going to slice up all of Gideon's goons. Yeah. It's great, because they'll turn into coins. I like There's how- There's coins everywhere. Yeah. The coins are in the shape of bodies on the ground as they land. Yeah. It's awesome. Apparently, they used real coins for this scene, and- uh Mark Weber, who plays Stephen Stills, says he left the set that day with probably $24 in coins. How about that? Great. Why not? Yeah. This whole fight's happening now between Gideon and Scott. Yep. Knives is going to come down from the rafters. Yeah, but she doesn't want to fight Gideon. She wants no. to fight Ramona. Ramona. She wants to fight the girl who broke the heart of the guy who broke her heart. Right. You broke the if heart that broke mine. That. Yeah. That's an easier way to say it. Yeah. That's why they say it in the movie, isn't it? I think so. Well, shit. And uh, <laughs> Scott's confused because he's like, yeah, Knives, I cheated on you with Ramona, but he doesn't think he cheated on Ramona. Right, because Ramona says, what's the difference? You weren't wronged? Oh, you're so dislikable, Scott. Scott sucks. I and told you. That's when Gideon's going to stab him from behind. Right, he kills Scott. He kills Scott. Yeah. Scott, that's the movie. Scott goes to the desert place. Oh, right. The desert dream place, though. The desert dream place. I don't place. understand what the death place, it should have been a different place in my mind. When it they probably it should have been a different place, yeah. But, but Ramona's going to skate through again. Yeah, yeah. And she's basically going to help Scott figure out who he's really fighting for. Exactly. Scott realizes he has the extra life. He's going to come back. Yep. They do and a fast forward through a bunch of scenes that just happened. Which I like that they fast forward really through. Really cool. Scott then says that he's not fighting for Mona. He's fighting for himself. Right. And then he gets he, the, the power, power of, of self-respect. Blue sword. That comes out of his chest. Yes. <laughs> so it's a blue sword. With this sword, he e easily overpowers Gideon. Absolutely. He knows knives is still hiding, though. Yeah, so he calls out to her, and he uh, he apologizes. He takes responsibility. He apologizes to Kim also in this scene. He does, which is which really is great because nice. Kim really kind of it. like you could see Kim like smirk a little. Yeah, Allison Pill crushing it, crushing it. But he apologizes to Knives and to Ramona and just says, "I cheated on both of you." Right. He figured it out. Yeah. Finally. Right. And then he has to really end Gideon because yeah, Gideon's gonna super say it himself. Also, yeah. While Scott is in the desert place, he finds out that. Ramona's being controlled by a chip on the back ah, of her head. right. So that evil. That thing that we just got introduced to a scene ago. Yeah. That's now a major plot point. Right. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> was it after Scott told the girls that he cheated on him that the chip kind of blew up and Ramona was free? I can't remember. I was somewhere in there. All this so, happened at some so point, fast. Yeah. At some point, the chip blows up. It might have been when he first hit Gideon with the sword. I'm not sure. It's possible. That makes sense. Sort of self-respect. Yeah, but then once Gideon comes back and he's he's all hyped up and ready to fight some more, yeah. then Scott and Knives are going to team up. Right. And, and they start do... kicking ass together. And they're they going to do the moves, moves from the game. How fun from earlier. A lot of fun. Scott was never able to beat the White Knight in the game, or the White Ninja in the game, yeah. but. Exactly. Working together. Gonna, yeah, Ramona's going to step in and nutshot Gideon. Yeah. Classic. I mean, hey. It's classic. If it works. Yeah. He, he's super evil, so. I like the quick little montage of the still frames of Gideon getting his ass kicked. It's yeah. awesome yeah. looking. One of those just nice, fun touches again. And then Scott's going to basically kick Gideon's head off, and he turns into a million coins. So many coins. Yeah. So Gideon's gone. Our, Gideon's gone. All the evil We've exes defeated are, all the evil exes. are gone. That's all the bad guys, right? No. There's one more. 
Scott has to go against himself. Nega Scott. Nega Scott. It's like a ghostly looking Michael Sarah walking yeah. out. The girls actually step in front of him saying like, well, help you. He's like, no, this one's no, me. This one's got to be me. just me. So they Cut go outside to the girls standing outside waiting. <laughs> I like how this like garage door opens and you see Scott, Nega Scott walking out and he's like, oh yeah, the pancakes here are great. Oh yeah, let me know. All right, have just, a good one. Just <laughs> <it's like, laughs> having like, a casual conversation. Like, oh yeah, that guy's pretty terrific. We have a lot of similar interests. <laughs> we have a lot in common. We're going to get brunch. This is all going to happen again real fast because Romo's going to say like, I got to go. I can't hurt anyone else. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to turn you into and, another evil ex. Yeah, and Knives and Scott are hitting it off again. They're giggling. They're having a good time. Yada, yeah. yada. And Knives says, hey, you fought for her. Go get her. Go get her. She she's the one you've been fighting for. Yeah, and she yeah. says that she's too cool for him anyway. I love Knives. That's great. And it brings back Wallace's line, which is- It's pretty great. Yeah. Well, she says cool, not good. good but it's, good it's close enough. Goes to Ramona. They say they're going to try again. Boom. Credits. We Credits. did it. We Scott Pilgrim. We did it. We got through it. How I'm do you a, feel? I'm in a weird place. You're in a weird place? Yeah. Why is that, Dave? I love watching this movie. Yeah. I really hate talking about this yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm not a fan of talking it through. It's not... You don't get the same kind of nuance you, you get, get while watching it. You don't get any of the nuance. It. You right. don't get any feeling. I feel like I just talked at someone. <laughs> like, it wasn't with someone. This is a bad movie to talk about for a movie that's so good. Yeah. And for a movie that I honestly just adore same can we just do super stuff maybe we'll feel good about this we gotta we gotta remove ourselves from being fanboys about this thing yep i have a really good feeling this thing's gonna score high though so let's be careful we'll see it goes uh oh man i don't feel great about this movie though personally right now i still love it yeah but enough for both of us probably okay that's fair but (laughs) But... let's uh, let me figure this thing out in my myself but let's do super let's go through it one at a time setting this takes place in Toronto. It's one of the few movies that actually, while a lot of movies are filmed in Toronto, this is like probably one of the biggest movies that takes place in Toronto. But there's nothing Toronto about it. There's the one scene when, uh, the Lucas Lee scene, they have the big picture of New York, and you throw Scott through it, and as soon as the, it tears, you see the Toronto skyline, where the New York City so skyline was. so quick. But yeah, that's not. I'll go 0.5 just because there's a lot of Canadian jokes. There are a lot of Canadian jokes. And it's Amazon.ca. Yeah, you barely notice the things that this is Toronto. Though. Yeah. Style and tone. We gotta. I think we have to. You have to. It's a two, isn't it? It's a two. Yeah. Because it's- That has to it's be. It's so damn good. And it's that so well done. Be. And it's so unlike anything else. Damn. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's they nail it. Hero. No. No. He's- He's terrible. He is. I'm going zero. Scott sucks. He's really good briefly at the end. That's yeah, it. And right. we don't even know if he's good at the end because we don't get a resolution out of it. Right. It and he refuses ends. He refuses to defeat the negative aspects of himself. Exactly. Ah, hmm. uh, oh, hold on a second. That negative word stuck out because I didn't even consider that. I don't know. I really didn't consider that. Scott Pilgrim kind of sucks. He's not like, great, through through. but I feel like he learns his lesson through the movie and he- It's possible he does. I don't know. It makes you kind of want a sequel just to see where he comes out in this thing. But you're right. He he kind of he kind of avoids. He does not defeat the negative aspects of himself. If anything, he just pushes it off. Right. So what does he, he actually wants to, learn? He wants to go get brunch with his negative aspects. Yeah. Ugh. I don't want to go zero. Okay. Because I think he's worse than a zero, and it's because of your comment. Yeah, but that was just a throwaway comment. I don't, didn't really need anything by you it. Threw it my way. <laughs> All right. I'll go negative point two five. You make your decision though. It's a negative point five. You think so? Yeah. Okay. You're trying to just... You tried. Yeah. That's what counts. Villains. 
We've got There's seven of, evil exes. Yeah, and they all have kind of their own personalities. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. They're all very, they're caricatures. Every single one of them. Yeah. I'm, I, I, none of them really pose a huge threat. No. Except maybe Todd Ingram. I would say maybe Todd and kind of Gideon. Yeah. Oh, maybe Roxy, but mostly because he refused to fight her. I'll go 0. 0.5. That's fair. I think they're they're all fun. They are all fun. Female characters. One. I disagree. Okay. Why? There's a lot of female characters in this thing. There and are a lot. They're all crushing it. Kim's great. Kim is great. Kim's a Knives really is good great. Kid. Yeah. Knives is oh I I think Knives is the best character in this movie. Stacy and Julie the are there. They're comic relief. Envy exists. She's I don't think Ramona's a good character. I have a lot of issues with Ramona. She but doesn't I also... do a damn thing for herself in this movie. No, but it's not her movie. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. She's still a character in this movie. That's correct. And she could have been mm. for all. I mean, she could have been replaced by like a table lamp. Yeah, but you also and you would have the same plot. I don't. I don't want to get serious here. Where clearly Gideon's kind of an abusive boyfriend. Definitely. And she keeps coming back. Yeah, and I think that needs to kind of be taken into consideration. She also had a chip in the back of her head. Let's she not forget that. She did have a that. chip in the back of her head. So maybe she couldn't do anything about it. Maybe it was like a personality inhibitor or something like that. Also, but it didn't get turned on until oh, the scene right. where she breaks up so with you're Scott. Saying Ramona's enough to hold back all the other really strong female. Characters I mean, she's the thing. main female lead. Want to go point five? Does she remove a full half point? At least I'm okay with point five. Because Knives is terrific. Knives Knives is good. Roxy Richter's pretty terrific in her brief scene. Envy does kind of suck, though, too, doesn't she? Man. All right, 0.25. Okay. I'm, I'm going to settle there, I think. Okay. I went from a 1 to a 0.25, all because Knives can't hold up that much, I guess. She's awesome. <laughs> and the whole time, she's acted great. But the whole movie, she's just pining for Scott. You're right. So. Yeah. But she's also, like, makes the most mature decision at the end of the movie. Oh, for sure. Also doesn't place in the Bechdel scale, so. Or doesn't pass the Bechdel test. You're right, but we've never considered that before. That's true. <laughs> Except last week. Right. Point two five. Story motivation. Oh, boy. I'm willing to go. Does Scott have any motivation? Yeah, he wants to get Ramona. We don't know why. Ramona feels like the ultimate rebound to me. Yeah. Is that really motivation? No, but the I feel like the he's story's just, cool. In general. Yeah, the story's pretty cool and we finally get to in the general, story. General unmotivated guy. <laughs> I'll go point two five just for the story. Just for the story? Yeah, because the story's pretty cool, but it's told so weirdly. Yeah, that it kinda I can understand why it would take you out. But I mean It's a it, cool story. It's, it's a, a cool story. Alexis, but that's not the whole story. And they That's I'm, just a small part of the grander scheme of it all. Yeah. And I, I feel like if they put a little more focus onto that, that's a cool ass story. Yeah. Seven villains? Yeah. Instead of just forcing it all, you gotta beat up her ex boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Point two five. Man, I feel gross about this movie now for some reason. Point two five. Yeah, yeah. Point five. Point two five. Music. Music's awesome. Music's great. Music's. It's an easy one. Easy one. Easy one. Easy. Impact on the genre. I'm not sure. I don't know either. I mean, yeah, it's a very cool movie, but I don't think it had that big of an impact. It didn't have a good opening. No. It didn't do well in the state in the states. It did great internationally, though. Yeah, the budget for it estimated I'm seeing sixty million here. The gross USA is about thirty one and a half mil. Yeah, so it, it didn't even get close. Didn't even hit half, but or it overall, hit half. Barely, yeah, it hit, but then overall worldwide it hit one hundred thirty two million. So yeah. yeah, it broke, but did it because of Mark and all that crap. 
man, I don't think there's any impact from this movie except for us saying and you don't it's really... a fun movie, it's a cool movie, yada, yeah, yada. And people it's a love great this movie. movie. People love it yeah. now. Yes. At the time, it kind of got overlooked. Yeah. I think we got a zero. Ooh, that hurts. Oh, man. You really haven't seen anything like it since. No, I don't think there is anything like it, though, even out there. I think right. like it stands on its own. Yeah. Parents. This one's a zero. Has to be. Has to be. If the, if we want off the comic, no, it's still a zero. Still a zero. Yeah. Damn. All right. Yeah. One-liners. One. Yeah. Easy one. <laughs> this movie didn't come in as hot as we thought it was going no. to. No. Talking through it, like I feel gross right now. Yeah. Because it's a movie it's like, I love. What is and this it's like, movie that I man, like I so much? I thought this was going to yeah. just explode, but it really doesn't. When you put it under a microscope. But we're also, yeah. we're also judging it as a superhero movie, which it does not claim to be. It does not claim to be, but it could definitely. It it gets close. Those streams kind of cross them a little bit. Yeah, for sure, a little bit. I for mean, sure, you get vegans with superpowers. He's pulling swords out of his chest. Yep, you got mystic powers. Mystic power. Yeah, Matthew fireballs. You this get might be uh, animals that are conjured through. There's more superheroes in this than there are Watchmen. That's true. Oh wow. Okay. Ends up with a five. Okay. I could buy that. Which, considering it's got a two for style and tone. Not great. Not great all around. <laughs> but the style and tone is amazing. It really is. And like I, I'm having issues with this movie. Let me let's try to work our way through this. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Let's see what other people think about this movie. Roger Ebert did not review this movie. Really? Get that out of the way right away. Okay. Did not. Not at all. Not at all. Rotten Tomatoes one to one hundred. Go. Seventy five? Eighty one. Okay. So kind of close. Yeah. Uh definitely fresh. Yeah. Well that's good. Yeah. Peter Bradshaw at The Guardian said, I can only say that where some see shallowness, I saw a witty interplay of surfaces and style. Yeah. Not wrong. Style. That's... Tone. Definitely the word for it. <laughs> A.O. Scott with The New York Times said, It's speedy, funny, happy, sad spirit is so infectious that the movie makes you feel at home in its world, even if the landscape is, at first glance, unfamiliar. Not wrong. It creates a world of its own. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely not Toronto. No, I don't think it's Toronto. <laughs> Let me give you a couple negatives here. Okay. Washington Post. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is a dog frequency movie. Enjoyable only to those tuned in to its particular register. I could buy it. Completely buy it. Yeah. Totally can buy that one. The New York Post. I tried to love it, but after 20 minutes, I sensed I was intruding on the movie's love affair with itself. Oh. Can kind of buy that too. Yeah, I can I can kind of see that too. I don't like I didn't realize that this movie was polarizing. I don't like I thought this was kind of a beloved movie. When the negative reviews yeah. of a movie I are love right. are right. It's not the best. That's for sure. <laughs> what? Why I can't talk about movies with you anymore. <laughs> Why? Just in general? Oh. Hey man, it happens. This is how it works. This is how movies work. People I, have their opinions. I like it, it, and then you destroy it. That's I'm not <laughs> destroying it. These folks are destroying it. It wasn't destroyed until I talked with you about it. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Let's. <laughs> do you want one more goodie and one more baddie, just to kind of see yeah. if, how you feel? Let's even it out. Okay. Los Angeles Times. The fun is not so much in who wins or loses the girl. It's the playing that matters. And Scott Pilgrim vs. the World definitely has game. Yeah. It's about the journey. It's a weird journey. It's a very weird journey. The Minneapolis Star Tribune. What's the point of being clever if you're just going to follow it up with enough flaming sword action and exploding bad guys to make our pupils hurt? I disagree with that one. I do too. That's why I went off on that one. Oh, good. I think that's the right way to do it. Oh, good. <laughs> Where uh, the visual effects are great here, but there's a yes. lot of practical effects in this movie too that are mixed in really, really nicely. Yeah. How are you feeling about this movie right now? 
I still love it. Okay. You can't take it from me. I don't want to take it from you. I, <laughs> I know want, you don't. Because I know you like yeah. it. I Yeah, I, I still kind of love it. Good. I would watch it again in a heartbeat. Good. I just feel kind of dirty right now. That's It's expected. one of those things that maybe this is not a movie we should have put under a microscope. I think that's that's accurate. It's one of those things where like you look under the microscope and you see all the, the badness growing on it. Yeah. And there's a lot of badness in this movie. I remember not liking Scott when I read the when I read the books. Yeah. But it wasn't I never noticed it in the movie that he's just not a not a good person. Like I knew it, but I didn't want to admit it. Okay. Time now, to admit it. It's definitely now I've time said to admit it. it. He's not a good person. No, he's definitely not a good person. Let's try to figure out what the general public thinks, though. Okay. And maybe they'll be able to help us figure out why we think this way about the movie now, at least. Now, when you say the general public, are you going to Amazon.ca? I sure am. Yes. Uh, good news. Amazon.ca. It's uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World vs. Le Monde. Because you also get the French you get part the French. of it as well on right. that base thing. Also, this is odd. There's an ad directly in the middle of the screen on the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World Blu-ray page. For The Land Before Time, The Complete Collection. Oh. Today only twenty eight ninety nine. Neat. Didn't realize there were that many of them. How many? I don't know. It's just twenty eight ninety nine is a lot for something. Yeah. On Amazon.ca, there are 62 reviews. Okay. It's a five-star movie. Mm. 0% are one star. Wow, they love this movie in Canada. 2% are two star. 2% are three star. 3% are four star. 93% are five star. Wow. Do you think people are going to Amazon CA just to rate this movie because they liked it? I'm not sure about that because like if I just watched the movie yeah. and I was like, oh, they said Amazon.ca, I'm gonna go there to rate it. Maybe because there's only one two-star review. That's crazy. And it's from December 6, 2017. Watch the movie before you read the comics, or you will despise the movie because of how different and worse it is. But if you watch it first, then you still may enjoy it for what it is. That is a poor adaptation. Huh. That seems crazy. Just because the books were like being written while the movie was being written. Yeah. They coincide like with each other. Like there yeah. were there were things that were shot in the movie that that Brian Lee O'Malley was like, Oh, I like that. I'm gonna put that in the book. So it's kind of working together. Yeah. The books definitely have more content and probably more character development for everybody. Sure, but this is only a two hour long movie. Exactly. And it's you gotta do something six with comic it. books. Yeah. On Amazon.com, the boring US site. Okay. A lot of people say this is just a boring movie. Really? What movie did they watch? I'm not sure, because I think this is anything but boring. But this one one-star review from October 2nd, 2016 says, I just don't get this. I was supposed to like this based on what I heard from people, but I just found it completely annoying. Then I remembered, I hate Michael Sarah, And it. that probably has something to do with it. Yeah. Fair. More people just complaining about the rental, how they forgot to watch it after they rented it. Get your uh, stuff together. Figure it out. A lot of people just couldn't get into it. Others said it's not what they expected. Because they were too old for it, they felt. Okay. Like over 30, that kind of age group there. I could kind of understand that one a little yeah. bit too. I feel like a lot of the references were very targeted to our age. From May 27, 2014. No morals. Teaches teen boys it is all right to cheat on your girlfriend. And teaches teen girls it is acceptable to be cheated on by your boyfriend. And have his back to when he has to fight to keep the girl he cheated with and dump you. That's confusing. Not yeah. wrong, but confusing. It's a weird way to word it, but... I so wish my children hadn't talked me into getting this piece of crap. Worst $10 I ever spent. Wow. That can't be the worst $10 you ever spent. I feel like you've probably spent $10 in worst That's not how it works. Final one-star review is from August 1st, 2017. Does not fight the world. 
He fights seven people. Still <laughs> waiting on the next six billion nine hundred ninety-nine million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine fights. That's he's assuming that there's seven billion and six people in the world. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> I don't know, man. He fights a lot more than seven people. Yeah. Mostly in that scene in the Chaos Theater. Yeah. Uh I gotta I gotta come back to this movie at some later point in my brain. Okay. I was not ready for a divisive one. You look broken. I feel broken. <laughs> Damn. You don't like what this movie just did to you. No. I feel like an Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What are we talking about next week? Next week we're gonna go back into the Marvel universe. Not cinematic one. All right. We're gonna be talking about a bunch of Mutants again. X2. X-Men United. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. I'm ready to go back there. I think it's time. I think so, too. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the other podcast delivery apps. You can like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Caped Podcasters. Yeah, make sure you do that. Any review, any subscription, it really helps us. It helps get the word out there. We really appreciate everyone listening, all the feedback we've gotten. Spread the word. Yeah. We have fun doing it here. We hope you have fun listening to it there. Hopefully. If you have any questions, comments, stories, jokes, anything like that you want to send our way, we'll be sure to read them on the air. You can send them to katepodcasters at gmail.com. And uh, oh, check out the, the Nerdy Thursday episode from last week. I went over there and talked about Spider-Man. There's the a bright eye on it. Yeah. That's exciting. It's uh, it's something. Oh, boy. Yeah. What day did you record that on? What was the date? I want to say it was 420. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Did Spider-Man wear a green suit? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> All right. W- would have been appropriate. I suppose it could have been. You didn't celebrate. I did not. Okay. No. That's not to say that- Others least, didn't? <laughs> at least one of the Nerdy Thursday boys had not. Fair enough. But who knows? So we'll see you next week for X2. X-Men United. Same pod time. Same pod channel. So that's not Push. That's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. What do you think happens after the credits? So Ramona and Scott are walking through the streets of Toronto. They're going through all the big buildings because they needed Toronto in this movie and they forgot to do it during the <laughs> regular movies. Now I got to do the post credits. <laughs> a stranger walks up to them and Ramona goes, oh, hey. And he stops and says, oh, Ramona, I didn't even recognize you. Back in New York, your hair was red. Mm-hmm. And Scott goes, oh, who's this guy? And Ramona says... Well, not all of my boyfriends are evil exes. This here, he was one of the nice ones. Scott, meet Peter Parker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Brian, what do you think happens? I think Scott and Nega Scott go to their brunch. As they're sitting there eating whatever it is they're eating for brunch, probably like chicken and waffle. No, breakfast poutine. Canada, man. It's Canada. Lean in. And a show comes on the TV. And Scott goes, oh, I love this show. And you hear, Vegan Cops is filmed on location with the men and women of (laughs) vegan law enforcement. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in the court of vegan law. I like it. Oh, 
I was gonna start from the bad boys. 